am Scott. I'm a compulsive overeater. Let me give you my phone number. It's 718-877-4898. I'm from New York City, so that's East Coast time. East Coast time. I recently spoke here just about two, three weeks ago, and you need a speaker. I am not one to turn down service at all. Well, I've next month I am celebrating 29 years in the in the rooms. It's the best 29 years I've had, even with the ups and downs of life. And that's what OA has taught me. You you get along with the ups and downs of life, the in and out, the good times and the bad, without going to the food because. You know, because if I go to the food, the good times are there. They're still, the good or bad times, they're still going to be there, and they don't do anything. I am also a one. I am also. I also come from the big numbers. I when I came when I came into the rooms, I was 471 pounds. In relapse, I I went up to about 550. These days, I'm. I'm maintaining for the past 18 years a weight loss of a little over 360 pounds. And it came off slowly, but as long as I kept following the program, I had nothing to worry about. Now, I always always try to do it diet-wise. I wanted a diet where I could have a lot of food. I wanted, I I would go places and concentrate on the food. I would, you know, Please, you know, uh, big events like a wedding or a bar mitzvah, like I said, I was so excited by all that food, I couldn't wait to get in there. I know, and it's like I got lost there. It was good, got lost. I was gaining weight since about nine, after I was about nine years old, and I was very hard on my clothes. Now, at that time, I was heavy to where, to where it was a concern, but not that heavy where I couldn't do anything. My One of the loves of my life is baseball, and I played Little League for about six years, and I played a year of junior high school softball, and I was able to do pretty well in that. But after that, it got my weight got in the way. I can't tell you how many... You know, how many pairs of pants I wore, I wore through because I was high on my clothes in the two years that I was in junior high school. Junior high school, you know, I went like that. Now, if I could tell you, we went. I had gone away for the summer with my parents. I had a concession stand. I was able to charge out food. And if I could tell you, them mostly me, but my sister and I charged out about twenty dollars worth of stuff in one week. You could tell how much I charged out because this was the mid sixties. And my father literally had to put a cap on it. I couldn't do anything without his permission. And it literally drove me crazy. I came home heavy. My my doctor put me on my first diet. Nine, I was 10 years old. 10. He said three meals a day, a snack or two in between. And I, and I did it mainly because I wanted the approval of him. I wanted the approval of my parents. You know, and, you know, and I just didn't get it the right way. And I was doing it for a while, but of course, a diet, weight loss does not last long. It doesn't really work for people like us. Now, I grew up in the house. My parents were caring, but there was sometimes the wrong way. My mother was overbearing. She had control issues. 
my father was sedentary, you know, and he didn't stick up for me all that much. So, of course, you know, I ate over it, and I was gaining the weight, and I learned to lie about the food, steal, you know, until, and I really got into my teenagers. I was spending my allowance mainly on food. You know, I would go to, you know, I didn't pay much attention to a movie or to a ball game because I was concentrating too much on just get what can I get next with the food. And I just couldn't do anything. And it, it interferes with my schoolwork also because that sugar and flour, it, you know, it got into the way of my thinking. I was always in a fog where I did well but could have done a lot better. I never learned to manage my money because of the fact that I was always spending it mostly on food. You know, and I always wanted to do that. I zoned out with the TV, so I didn't do all my schoolwork. I went to summer school all four years I was in high school because I didn't want to do the work. I wanted to zone out, and I just couldn't concentrate at all, you know, to, to do that. And like I said, I, you know, it was always dialogued. I, you know, my, my family is Jewish, and we always had a big thing about the food. And I always had to have it to have that good time, that good time. And so went to, you know, into the teenage years, I was gaining weight. I had, I was getting sick more because of, you know, I had low resistance. And in my early 20s, I developed such high blood pressure that I had to go on a stiff regimen of medication because of the weight. And my doctor was always yelling at me to lose the weight. And, you know, like it wasn't good enough because I was heavy. And I, and also, I had friends, but and I wanted to date. You know, I was getting interested in women. And, you know, and of course, you know, I had girlfriends, but then after a while, I began to think that they were sort of like, they liked me, it was sort of like mercy dates because of the fact that who's going to want to go out with a, with a person my size? And I really developed that, con, that, con, that uh, you know, that conflict to where, you know, I didn't think they'd really want to go out, so I did very little of the dating itself. I thought I was going to be a loner. And, you know, I developed that. And, like I said, you know, I was on a diet. Now, it comes to the fact that I really wanted to do something about it, but I wanted a magic formula. And I convinced myself, it's out there. I was always looking for it. What I had found was a commercial plan through my system that they give you a lot of food to eat, and, you know, and you can lose the weight. So I started following it, but not thinking that I could get, get on a scale. So she gave me a copy. I followed it. I was losing weight and everything. Then they told me they could put a piece on the balance scale, and I went to the meeting. I was like a star. I, I weighed in at first a little over 400, and I was shocked at the weight, though I knew I was heavy, by following it. And they... And, you know, there was a lot of food, a lot of low calories. I was literally eating myself to a weight loss. And I, but I thought, I'm here. I'm not going to go back to it. I'm always going to do it, but it didn't last. And I started to cheat. And, and, and my denial told me, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Of course I'm, I knew. But I would tell the leader that. And the minute he said, here's a food diary, I went back to the, to the program. I stuck to it. I would not be honest, even with myself. My parents sent me to a therapist for the food issues. 
and I was not honest. I couldn't be with myself and neither with him, so it didn't last too long. But I was going back and forth, and finally when I really did well, I lost 100 pounds at least three times and then 200 pounds twice. You know, so that's like six, seven hundred pounds at a time, and I was gaining it back. It would not stick to it. But the last time I did this and doing very well, thing I got like the dry promises. I went back to school. I graduated. I had gotten, a, you know, there was a woman I liked. I asked her out. I didn't worry about the, you know, about the, my body image because I was getting thinner. And she knew about it because she saw me heavy. And I went out with her, eventually got married, and then the eating really took off because I was on my own for the first time, not with my parents. I had to support fully myself and a wife and really be structured. And it really took off. And now lying to her, too. Lying, too. And, of course, working nice didn't help things any because, it didn't help me any when I was working nights, you know, and I was lying, uh, I would bring lunch and then get an extra sandwich on along the way or whatever else, and I was going back and forth, uh, you know, more gaining more than I was really losing, until finally one day my wife, she had said, try Overeaters Anonymous. She was 12-step oriented because her ex-husband was an alcoholic, and I went just to please her. It didn't last long. I sat there, didn't associate with anybody. I heard stories. I remembered. I was familiar with the steps, but I just never did it. I was not ready to give up the food or to really do anything. I had, I, uh, I had not gotten that white light, you know, that flash, that hitting that bottom is yet, and I stopped going. But I was lying to her. I said that I was going, you know, telling her about qual- past qualifications because she didn't remember keeping careful track of the step meetings until she finally found out. And she was actually angry, but she realized she couldn't do anything. What had happened was, now what got me into the program was that somebody had told me about a treatment center. I took the number, was very polite. I said, I'll think about it. Thought about it for a second and a half. And put the number in my wallet and forgot about it. You know, I forgot about it. And you fast forward four years when I was now up to 471 pounds, I started to see myself as a thin person, like the light at the end of the tunnel. And I finally took that first step, and I realized I had to do something about the food issues, not so much the weight. And I literally called up that treatment center and I literally pushed my way in. I pushed my way in because I was that desperate. They said, well, we don't have room. I told them, you will make the room because I'm showing up at your doorstep first thing Monday morning. You know, it was close by. You know, it wasn't too long. And they said, okay, come in. And I figured I'd go in there, dry out, go back to the food, to the commercial plan. And I saw the steps and the traditions on the posters when I got there, and I knew that the jig was up. I would be going back to OA, only this time I was absolutely ready for it. I was ready for it. I stayed there for four and a half weeks. I had to fight for more time because I was so desperate. 
when I came back, I went back to the meeting that I started with in Manhattan, very strong meeting on a Saturday morning when, when I got off of work that morning, and I went. Now, this was a huge meeting, 20, 30 years of recovery, of recovery for these people. It was a huge meeting, about 100 to 150 people. I got a sponsor. I worked the steps. I was doing everything right, but not really, but not depending on the program fully to keep going. I wasn't really talking about like if I was bothered by something that drew me to the floor. I wasn't fully talking about it. as long as I was losing the weight and absence. That that helped, but that pink cloud that I was on, it broke, it burst, and burst big time. My, you know, my wife and I had a, started to have a rocky marriage, back and forth, back and forth. And one day, you know, when it, we went on our first absence vacation, because I couldn't travel before that, but I was losing enough weight, we had gone away for about four, four days. We came back. I went back to work that Sunday night. I came back home Monday morning to find my wife in bed, the victim of an attempted suicide. And I lost everything. In less than two weeks, I saw a sign of the deli, and I went for it, and I was off to the races. They went to recovery. I, I tried to get it back. Tried, tried to get my recovery back. I went to a treatment center the second time, only I was doing it to save the marriage and my job. And, it, you know, and that was the wrong reason, so it never worked. Eventually, I lost my the marriage broke up. The marriage, I lost my job because I couldn't work there anymore, and I was on disability for set. I was in relapse. I was on disability for the next seven years at a 300-pound weight gain. I went up to 550, but during that time, I never left the rooms, and that was the cry for help. People saw this. They got me to a weight loss clinic at a hospital. A, a doctor specialized in losing weight. Nothing helped. When I struggled, the doctor recommended gastric bypass, and I didn't do it. I wasn't familiar. I didn't want it. I guess I had enough recovery. I still kept getting away, and my primary care doctors kept pushing for the surgery. I kept saying no. My father kept saying, here's a new procedure. At least look into it. And he said no. That high, I had become very higher power oriented. I, got, I took that spirituality. That spirituality, after a two-year fight with my insurance company, got me into a rehab for the third time, a very different rehab, which helped me greatly. They took me off sugar and flour. Now, for me, that works because they will make me binge, but for me, that works. They took, a, they took me, they taught me, and they drained it into me. Gentle reminder, five minutes remaining. They taught me, put your recovery first before anything else. And I was put to the test because my father wanted me to cut my treatment short. And I said no because he was very sick. I came home after eight weeks and I put my recovery first. You know, I put the recovery first. And what? I I went back to my meetings. I started doing. I took on a sponsor to work the steps again, and I took on the service again and the service. And while I looked for service on the meeting level. Other service came my way because I was working the program. A couple of years, now, a couple of years in, my the chairman of the the chairperson of the, my local intergroup said, 
we need there are openings for an intergroup. Would you like to come in and do something? I was chair. I chaired a few of the committees, and I also jumped to intergroup and then up to the region level to go to the region business conference twice a year, and I loved it. I was all going there and always looking for the service. And then one day, my in doing service and looking for service, someone had said. There's an opening for a World Service delegate in New Mexico, and your name came up. That's all I had to hear. For the next four years, I went to a grueling schedule of World Service. Since then, I have been able to return to work through through unusual circumstances. I got into work with a local hospital. I've been there 15 years already, and I never thought I could get that. You know, could, could get back to work. Get back to work. And they see what I'm doing. I never kept it a secret. They see how I eat. I bring, I pack, I've learned to pack my lunch every day in the containers, and they heat it up, and I have to lunch every day. I have become more mobile. I go out for long walks every day in appreciation for having this. And at a time when I was 35, the doctor told my wife at the time, if your husband wants to live to see 40, he'd better start doing something about his weight now. Well, at age 35, at the, end of this year, at the end of this year, that 35-year age is about to double. I will be turning 70, and that's, and that's a godsend for, the, for, for my recovery. I am also looking to retire, something that I never thought I would reach. I have gotten a life back. I've learned that I could, that I could enjoy life without going to the food. I've been to several weddings, bar mitzvahs, office parties. I've develop good friendships within the program itself. I have also learned that when I thought I was, that nobody would date me when I was, when I was heavy, I learned in, as an afterthought that they would, that women would have dated me because they saw something in me, and I just couldn't see it. Even my wife would have done so. She wanted to, and I couldn't see it. These days, I no longer have the body image issues. I have been able to come through with certain medical procedures you know, due to the weight, and I've learned to handle it right off. That comes first. I've had a hip and both knees replaced. And I still am able to walk around nicely. So I'd like to leave everybody here and hear from everybody else. Again, my phone number is 718-877-4898. I'm on the East Coast in New York City. Thank you. <laughs> 